This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We're talking about Hulda today. Hulda. So let's take a closer look. Hulda. That's Hulda. a fun name to say. So is another name in this in this chapter too. There's a lot because they're all like Uber Hebrew names. Yeah. Hilchaya. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh I bet most of our listeners have never heard of Hulda. Probably not. I actually hadn't until five minutes ago. Well, this is the only time she's talked about. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe one of the, maybe she's talking about one other time. I'm trying to remember. Um, but like, she's just not talked about that much, but she's like, it, if she's you're a pretty prominent character. Well, like, here's why I say, if you're looking for ways to oppress women, you're going to find it. Yeah. If you're looking for ways to affirm women, you're going to find it. Yeah. Hulda's a way that you can absolutely affirm women, but you got to look for it. And she's not known as much because she's only listed like one or two times. But like the times that she is listed, it's big. It's a big moment. Yeah. And she's very similar to Deborah. Right, we only get one chapter of Deborah, but she rules as a judge for a very long time. Yeah, but she only well, she gets two chapters because she gets the one chapter, and then she gets her song. Right, but it's like if you want to affirm women, you can find those places. Well, especially in the Old Testament, right, and in the New Testament. Yeah, I would say as much in the New Testament, if not more, than in the Old Testament. Right, I, I just. It's there, right? And it just gets overlooked a lot. Well, why does it get overlooked? That's a that's a great point, but why? Because we want, or society wants to oppress women. And oh, no, no, no. That, that's not what I meant. I oh. do think there's a subsection of society that wants to oppress women, for sure. But what I'm more so asking is, why is it so easy to point to these couple places in the New Testament and forget about all the other stories of women who are actually practitioners of leadership in the gospel and spiritual formation? Because we're not good readers of our Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's for sure. You can do that because you've heard people talk about two places, but you had not read the Old Testament to know, like, wait, something here doesn't belong. Yeah. One of these things does not belong. One of these things doesn't belong. Yeah. And Hulda's a great example. So let, let's chatter up a bit, okay? <coughs> so she's recorded in 2 Kings 22. And there needs to be a little bit of like backstory here that I don't know if we have a ton of time to get into. But we're going to try a little bit. So... Josiah is king. I'm, I know you've heard of King Josiah. Yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a ba. Yeah, he's a big deal, and such a big deal that I have a friend. Shout out Doug Robinson, pastor of Sugar Creek Church, who named his son or Sugar Grove Church. Sorry, named his son Josiah. Hmm. After this Josiah. 
Because after the story that we hear today, Josiah makes a great like reformation and like does a lot for Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, so as it goes, like, well, there's a lot that goes into this. But so Josiah becomes king, no lie. This is what it says in the text. Josiah becomes king at eight years old. Mm-hmm. Right. I was one, I was trying to remember if that was him or not, but yes, yeah. eight years old. That's young. How many eight year olds do you know that can rule a kingdom? Not a one. Nah, not, not happening, one. bro. Not happening, bro. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Revolts, uprising, all kind of stuff. But he doesn't get it. He's king at eight. And he reigns, I think it's 18 years. Uh, Oh, no, sorry. He reigned 31 years. But in the 18th year of his reign, so 18 plus 8, where are we at? Ah, do your math faster than that, Clayton. I don't do math like you. It's fine. What is it? 18 plus 8, so you got your 8s. That's 16. Plus your one. 26. 26. He's 26 years old. And this dude, basically what the text says, it's kind of funny. It just says, in the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent some person, son of some person, son of another person, his secretary. (laughs) That's what we needed to know. Okay, who is this person? I'm not going to sit here and try to say these names. The secretary... To the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to the high priest, Hilkiah, and have him count the entire sum of the money that has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people. Let it be given to the, into the hand of the workers who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. So what's Josiah doing? Something very honorable. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, go get this money and give it to workers. Like, yeah, give it to the people who need it. From the onset, Josiah is a good king. He's not unjust. He's doing what he needs to do. When the secretary goes and talks to Hilkiah, Hilkiah just drops this piece of knowledge. This is verse 8. The high priest Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the secretary, I found the the book of the law in the house of the Lord. So you got to understand, apparently it had been gone for a long time. Yeah. And Hilkiah finds it. This is a big moment. You got to think about the book of the law. If you lose it, that could potentially be catastrophic for an entire nation of people. Right. But Hilkiah finds it. Okay. And he's the high priest. So like, Dude's not a nobody. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Hilkiah finds it and tells Shapon. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. So Shaphan comes back and goes to the king and reports to the king, yeah, we gave the money, you know, whatever. But also, the priest, Hilkiah, has given me a book. Shaphan then read it aloud to the king. All right, and here's what you got to know. In the ancient world, a lot of people don't read. 
Right. Like a ton of people don't read. Yeah. It's it. You're like at the top Super of the. Super educated. Yeah, if you can read. So, and we don't know if Josiah can read or not. Kings had things read to them, all this kind of stuff. But part of that's because in the ancient world, when you read, remember everything happens in public spaces. They don't have electricity. They don't have, you know, air condition, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. They don't have lights. So like when you're reading and doing things, you're out in public spaces and nobody read silently. Even if you read, and we know this from text criticism, even if you could read, you read out loud, even if you were just reading by yourself. Mm. We know this as we have manuscripts and stuff. Like, like You just read out loud. That's just what you did. Nobody read silently. So Shaphan steps up and starts reading this. This is verse 11. Do not miss this. Josiah had been king since he was eight years old. He'd been king for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Dude's on the top of the world, right? When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Clayton, in the Old Testament, when somebody tears their clothes, what does it mean? It's a form of lament in some way. That's exactly what it is. It's a form of lament. It's a form of repentance. He did everything but cover himself in In sackcloth sackcloth and ashes. That's right. He's repenting is what happened. So, and remember, he's a just king. Yeah. He's not doing anything unjust, but he hears the book of the law and he's like, whoa, I ain't doing things right. Josiah's legit. I'm going to write a book about him one day. So then the king commanded the priest Hilkiah, son of whatever, son <laughs> of whoever, Shaphan the secretary, and the king's servant Asiah, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for, for the people and for all Judah, concerning the words of the book, of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because, of the, because our ancestors did not obey the words of this book. To do according to all uh, to all that is written concerning us. So Josiah read like has the book read to him. And this dude realizes, "Hey, I haven't done anything wrong, but our ancestors screwed this up." Mm. So I'm going into repentance and we've got to fix this. Yeah. Go to the Lord. Go figure out what we need to do to fix this because our ancestors screwed up royally. Yeah. Hence the coming reformation of Josiah in chapter 23. We'll get there in a minute if we have time. So the priest Hilkiah uh, and a whole bunch of other people went where in verse 14? Went to go see the prophetess. Hulda. 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 The wife of Shalom, son of Tikva, son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. She resided in Jerusalem in the second quarter where they consulted her. I only read all that to you to hear all the pronouns and her call to wife. Yeah. 
She's clearly a woman. Yeah. Now, here's what you need to know. There's something very specific that you need to know about the time frame of Hulda. Hulda is definitely a prophetess, but she's a contemporary to both Jeremiah and Zephaniah. Mm. Two very, very influential prophets. Yep. I just opened in my table of contents for those of you that are unaware. Jeremiah and Zephaniah are so prominent in ancient Israel as prophets that they both have books written by them. Jeremiah is a major prophet called the weeping prophet. Zephaniah, a minor prophet, who's also very influential. They are contemporaries to Huldah. They were accessible to Josiah. And don't miss the fact that Hilkiah is the high priest. It's his job to do this. It's his job to commune with the Lord. Like This is what he does. Yeah. And he says, no. There's only one person we can go to. Jeremiah's around, Zephaniah's around, Hilkiah's there. No. They go to Huldah. You should not miss the fact that there are enough men around that absolutely could have done what they went to Huldah for. Yeah. But they chose to go to Huldah. I'll be honest. I don't know why. I don't know why they chose to go to Hulda. My no suspicion, because they felt impressed by the Lord that Hulda had the answer they needed. Yeah. And she's a woman mm. who not only in the taking a stance against the first Timothy text ends up in a place of authority over men. Right. Yeah. yeah. Telling them what the Lord says. Yeah. She also takes the posture of an ancient preacher yeah. proclaiming the word of the Lord. She's yeah. doing all the stuff. Well, and, and you'll see in a minute, it's clearly the word of the Lord, right? She says multiple times. Thus saith the Lord. Thus, thus says the Lord. Yeah, I'm going old school King James. Thus saith. Thus, thus saith the Lord. But they go to Hulda when there are men available. You know why? Here's why I take from that. Because men can't do it all by themselves. Yeah. Like, we need women. Stop yeah. shutting down women. They have contributions that are extremely important. And, and in this case, her contribution is more important than anyone else's. No doubt. No doubt. Her contribution, well, because truth is, her contribution, I was about to rebuke, refute, refute, thank you, that claim, but no, she absolutely is the most important person because Hilkiah finding the book of the law is only the catalyst that gets them to Hulda. Hulda doesn't read the book. No. 
she just says what the Lord says. Yeah. So yeah, she didn't even need that precursor to happen other than for them to come to her. I mean, it's essentially what ends up happening is, well, we'll let's read and we'll, we'll talk further. Yeah. So sorry, we're reading so much text, but I know we're recording this before I record the story, but I know I'm not going to be able to read all this text in the, in the yeah, story, but it's so important. So when they get to hold up, she declared to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, tell the man who sent you to me. So who's that? King Josiah. Josiah. Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, I will indeed bring disaster on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book that the king of Judah has read because they have abandoned me and have made offerings to other gods so that they have provoked me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be kindled against this place and it will not be quenched. But as to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard. Because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And because you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring on this place. And they took the message back to the king. Let's not miss, let's not miss this. Four times it says that these are God's words. Yeah, thus says the Lord. Thus Four says times. the Lord. Yeah. Four times. And, and, one, and twice in one verse. Correct. She declared to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, blah, blah, Tell blah. Tell the blah. one who sent me, thus said, or yeah. sent you, I'm thus sorry, that's in two Lord. verses, but it, they're back to back. Yeah. Um, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, blah, 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 blah. Thus says the Lord, I will bring disaster. Yep. Right. Clearly, these are God's words, and he's using a woman. To proclaim them. To proclaim them. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. And here's the thing that I want to point out. Josiah ends up being the hero of this story. Yeah. But it's because of Hulda. It's also because of Josiah. Hulda says, this is what the Lord says. You got it right. But, Josiah, because of the way you handled yourself, you won't see it in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's coming. But because you repented of a sin that wasn't yours, you won't see it in your lifetime. Because of the way you handled yourself, because you immediately returned to me, you won't see it. There, is, It is coming, but you won't see it. Mm. Josiah's response, one of the greatest things in all of the Hebrew Bible. This is chapter 23. Then the king directed that all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem should be gathered to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord and went with and went and with him went all the people of Judah, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord, 
keeping his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart, all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in the book, all the people joined in the covenant. And the king commanded the high priest Hilkiah, the priest of the second order, the guardian, to bring out the temple of the Lord, all the vessels made for Baal, for Asher, and for all of the hosts of the heavens. He burned them outside. He disposed the idolaters, all this stuff. Josiah eradicates all foreign gods from Jerusalem. That's his reformation. Yeah. Here's what I want you listeners to know from this story. Does God have decrees and orders for us to follow? Absolutely. Why do we follow them? Not because we're obligated, but out of an abundance of love and appreciation for the abundant grace that God has shown us in the ways that we fail. Josiah becomes a model because of his repentance, and he eradicates all these things from his life, from his kingdom, because of God's grace. Hulda, of all the people in this story, Who's the messenger of the grace of God? It's Hulda. Hulda's the one that can stand before very influential people of the king and say, hey, did you screw up? Yeah. You, the nation of Israel, the people of God, have screwed up royally. And there's something coming. But the grace of God has been found upon you because of your repentance. If that ain't a preacher, I ain't never met one in my life. Preachers proclaim the word of the Lord, which is followed by the grace of the Lord.